you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. Hi, this is Larry Mantle, host of Air Talk on KPCC. Since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had a daily segment on Air Talk devoted to the latest information about COVID-19. As time's gone on, we've looked at vaccines and how the virus and pandemic have affected the lives of Southern Californians. That includes doctors, nurses, epidemiologists, and other medical professionals fighting the virus on the front lines. In each episode of this podcast, we'll speak with one of our experts on the rotating panel of AirTalk guests who will be sharing their expertise with us daily. You can also listen anytime at las.com kpcc.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. Today's expert, Dr. Arthur Rheingold, who is the head of epidemiology and biostatistics at UC Berkeley School of Public Health, where he's professor of epidemiology and the head of the Division of Epidemiology and Biostatistics at Cal School of Public Health, Dr. Arthur Rheingold. Dr. Rheingold, a very good Wednesday to you. Thank you, sir, for being with us. Happy to be with you. So uh, let's start first with this question about a second booster shot, which the CDC and the FDA has said is okay for people to get if they're age 50 and over. We have a new study out of Israel that looked at the effectiveness of second boosters. What are those findings? Well, those findings quickly, I, I think it's important for people to distinguish between how well a vaccine protects against infection with the virus and how well it protects against severe disease caused by the virus. And so to very quickly answer your question, um, uh, these COVID vaccines uh, don't do a very good job of protecting against infection with the virus uh, or subsequent transmission of the virus to others, but they do a very good job of protecting us against severe disease and death. Uh, or hospitalization from the disease. And those are the outcomes that we're most worried about. So uh, I would argue that that uh, even though the vaccines are not great for preventing infection, uh, they're still very important uh, for, for people to take uh, to protect themselves. We saw with the first of the booster shots, even though the antibody, antibody response waned over time, that the thought was that uh, the other lasting immunity against what you're describing as the more severe symptoms of of the virus, that 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 held up over time. So then my question is, if if the second booster doesn't provide much in the way of a benefit on avoiding getting COVID-19 at all, either asymptomatically or, or minor symptoms, then is it necessary to get a second booster if you're already getting that underlying coverage for severe COVID in the first booster? So the available data in terms of preventing severe illness and hospitalization, and you referred to the Israeli study, suggests that the second booster uh, does uh, offer increased protection compared to people who've had only one booster. 
uh, when you're talking about hospitalization and, and severe illness. So there does appear to be benefit in terms of those important outcomes. Now, how long that benefit will last uh, is difficult to tell uh, for a variety of reasons. One is it's only been given to people fairly recently. Uh, uh, number two, of course, the virus could evolve further. Uh, and uh, if there are different variants, then the answer could change. If the the reason the uh, second booster doesn't provide significant protection against getting COVID at all, does that argue then more strongly for introducing the availability of an Omicron variant-specific vaccine? Would that then likely provide that greater protection against getting COVID at all? Uh, well, that's a great question. And I think anyone who answers it honestly would have to say, we don't know. So w whether we're going to move toward variant specific uh, vaccines or boosters, such as an Omicron uh, booster, uh, I, I think is, is, un is uncharted waters at the moment. Uh, but if you're asking me, would that potentially give better protection against infection and transmission? Uh, I'm inclined to think that that might not be the case um, uh, based on what we've seen with these uh, uh, COVID-19 vaccines so far. Do you think, Dr. Reingold, that um, this likely applied going back to the first two doses of the mRNA vaccines as well? Do you think it likely that they did not provide significant protection over getting mild COVID or transmitting COVID? Well, I think we have evidence on that. And, and uh, as, you, as you suggested, the evidence is that the, the two-dose schedule of an mRNA vaccine or the one-dose uh, schedule of the, um, uh, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, again, provide, uh, provide good protection against severe illness and hospitalization and death but 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 the, you know the, the protection against infection and transmission was quite limited and 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 waned over time. All right. If you have questions for Dr. Arthur Reingold of UC Berkeley School of Public Health, we're at 866-893-KPECC. You can also ask your question of him at atcomments at kpecc.org. Please include your location and your first name with your question for Dr. Reingold, 866-893-KPECC. Uh, with the BA2 subvariant of Omicron, we have seen some cases rise, uh, of, uh, given the greater uh, transmissibility of, of BA2 than even Omicron, which, of course, was greater than Delta, which was greater than what preceded it. Um, but we haven't seen a big outbreak uh, to this point caused by BA2. Dr. Reingold, do you think that's because just so many people have had COVID or been vaccinated, or do you think it's a timing issue and that we likely will see a significant rise? Well, I think both of those could be true to one extent or another. Uh, I, I think there's certainly a good evidence that at this point uh, in countries like the United States and in many other countries, that a large part of the population uh, has some level of immunity, either because of natural infection or because of vaccination or both. 
um, people who've been vaccinated who then got infected or, or the reverse. So, so I do think there's a, compared to two years ago when this was a new virus in the human population, we have quite a substantial level of, of immunity and, that, and that's probably partially responsible for the fact that we're not seeing a lot of uh, 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 Omicron BA2 disease at the moment. Uh, will that persist through the summer and into next winter? Uh, well, you know, a famous New York baseball player, Yogi Berra, said it's hard to make predictions, especially about the future. Um, <laughs> but, but um, uh, you know, I think most experts believe uh, that we, we won't see much of a bump in hospitalizations and deaths uh, over the next several months. Uh, but what will happen next winter is anybody's guess. Don't, don't get me started with Berra-isms. They're among my favorites. We could spend the next, <laughs> the rest of this interview trading uh, Yogi Berra-isms. Um, yeah, young one, people today don't know who Yogi Berra was. So. <laughs> but among my my favorites is, you know, nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. All yeah. right. We're at 866-893-KPECC, or you can email us at atcomments at kpecc.org. Mariana in Woodland Hills says, yeah, in regards to a second booster, might it offer extra protection against getting long COVID? Well, it's a great question. Thank you for that. And the quick answer is we don't know. Um, you, you know, the, the, the whole question of how common long COVID is, how well the vaccines protect against uh, long COVID, um, it re really is, is work in progress. And I just have to say no one knows the answer to that question. 866-893-KPECC, or you can email us at atcomments at kpecc.org. Uh, our technical director, Evelyn's favorite, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Uh, yes, another yeah. great Berraism. Lisa in Tahunga said, my lupus is in remission and I take medication for controlling asthma. Does the fact that my comorbidities are controlled with medication, does that lower my risk of complications from COVID or long COVID? So, you know, I, I'm not going to give individual advice. Um, and I and I think, you know, sort of the, the most important answer I can give about that is um, decisions about boosters, second boosters, et cetera, uh, for, for someone like like you should be made in, in, uh, in with conversations with your healthcare provider. Uh, he or she or they is best should be best able to give you specific advice about your situation. But generally speaking, uh, if, if the one's underlying comorbidities are quote well controlled through medication and, 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 and the like, does that reduce the, the increased risk of, of severe COVID if you end up with COVID? Um, that seems plausible, but I don't really yeah. know of any data uh, that, that speak to that question. So the honest answer is I don't know. Yeah, it sounds plausible, though, if you're not, if if your lungs aren't already, say, dealing with asthma or or um, COPD or something like that, uh, that, that, you know, that would be advantageous. But appreciate your question. We're at 866-893-KPECC. Kathy in San Gabriel asks if a second J&J uh, &J shot has been approved for a booster yet. If not, is there a timeline? Sounds like Kathy is avoiding the mRNA vaccines. 
So that's a great question. And I, it's embarrassing for me to have to admit, I don't know specifically whether J&J &J has been approved um, as a uh, as, as a booster or second booster in that situation. I'm not I aware not either. Specifically that it has been. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I do know that a lot of people who want a booster uh, feel that there's some benefit to what's called a heterologous boost, uh, where if they got one type of vaccine in their initial series, that there might be a wider antibody or immune response to a different uh, COVID vaccine as, as the booster. Uh, whether that's uh, switching mRNA vaccines or switching uh, to or from the J&J &J vaccine. Uh, there are some people who believe that th there's benefit to that. But in terms of what's been officially approved by FDA uh, with regard to the, to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine as a booster, I'm just not sure. We, uh, our terrific production team, just looked it up. And no, the Johnson & Johnson has not been recommended for a second booster at this point. And as to the timeline, you know, we, ju we just don't know. But that's from the CDC's website. We we just Thank looked you. that up. So, uh, and I didn't know either. We talk about this every day. I'm no expert, but we do talk about it every day. And I, I we had never uh, addressed that. So thank you for asking that excellent uh, question. We we appreciate it. Uh, let's see. We have another uh, from uh, Heidi in Pasadena. Are there other vaccines or treatments for COVID in development that we think will be more effective than the ones currently available? So there are definitely other types of COVID vaccines, whole, whole, killed whole virus vaccines, uh, vectored vaccines and the like, uh, some of which have been approved in China uh, in India, in, in other places, and, and certainly there's a move to approve uh, some of those other types of COVID vaccines for use in the United States. To the best of my knowledge, they have not yet been presented uh, to, to FDA in a manner that would uh, indicate that approval is going to come anytime soon. Uh, but, but yes, there are other COVID vaccine types of COVID vaccines that I think ultimately will become available for use uh, in the United States. Now, uh, what their efficacy and safety profiles are, uh, we'll have to wait and see what's presented to the FDA in terms of experience from trials or studies in other countries. I was reading about a, a new uh, variant of Omicron XE, it's been dubbed, and uh, it's been found in some patients uh, I think a few hundred of them in the in the UK. So it's still it, it's still you know very small percentage of cases there. Um, but I was curious your thoughts about it because of course we know that there are subvariants and variants all over the place that come up, but they don't necessarily become variants of concern with that official designation. So uh, I don't know if you've seen anything about this XE, but uh, is this something you think we should be concerned with? So first, just to go back to the prior caller, I didn't address new treatments. Um, just to say that, yes, uh, antiviral drugs or additional ones are under de development and testing, uh, as are various antibody treatments, uh, which uh, may or may not work against a particular variant. So with, with regard to the, a new uh, variant of concern in the UK, you know, I think we can expect there will be continual evolution of the virus. Um, we will continue to see these variants, uh, either through monitoring wastewater or testing individuals. 
uh, health departments like the California Department of Public Health and others are, are monitoring uh, these variants. So we have a study with uh, Kaiser Permanente uh, looking at the genetic the variation in the virus. But, but this virus is, is a wily foe um, and, and is capable of changing uh, to new variants uh, that very likely can be uh, quite transmissible. So I would predict that we will see more variants. Now, whether they turn out to either escape vaccine protection uh, or uh, on average make people sicker than the variants we've seen uh, is, is anybody's guess at the moment. All right. Dr. Rungold, we have a question from Heidi in Artesia who emailed us, and it's about the timing of getting a second booster. And, and you know, we know we can't give her individual um, advice, but uh, wondering about the timing on a second booster. Is it better to do it now if someone is older, she's 80 years old, for example, or is it better to try and time it to when we start to see an increasing number of cases to get that you know, fresh protection when we see increases? Well, first of all, let me say you ask all the great questions or you and, and your listeners ask all the great questions. So uh, certainly Dr. Walensky, the director of the CDC, is on record as recommending that somebody who's 80 uh, should get their second booster sooner rather than later. I'm only 73 and I've decided to wait a while for my second booster, mm-hmm. um, uh, probably at least until the summer. Uh, sort of in preparation for the fall. So, so I think that individuals do need to, with their provider, if, if hope, hope they have one, um, uh, have a, an informed discussion about the pros and cons of getting it now, as Dr. Walensky suggests for some people, uh, versus waiting perhaps a, a few months. Um, as I've said, I've, I've decided since I don't have any underlying illnesses, I'm basically healthy, um, that I'm going to wait a while for my second booster. All right. Sounds good. Dr. Reingold, we so appreciate your being with us today as, as our expert guest on COVID-19. We look forward to talking with you again in the future. Thank you. Happy to be with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of COVID in L.A. If you'd like to stay up to date with the latest coronavirus news, you can listen anytime at las.com, at kpcc.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. See you next time and stay safe. I'm Larry Mantle. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.